0: Thank you so much for joining us for Ankeny Gospel Church Podcast. On this podcast, you can find sermons, classes, and other resources that continue to invite us into the mission of Jesus and the journey of faith. We hope this is a blessing to you, and if we can help you in any way, feel free to reach out. My name is Dina, and today's scripture is Matthew 6, 1 through 4. Be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. Otherwise you have no reward with your father in heaven. So whenever you give to the poor, don't sound a trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets to be applauded by people. Truly, I tell you, they have their reward. But when you give to the poor, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your giving may be in secret. And your father who sees in secret will reward you. This is the word of God. Thanks be to God. All right, let's exchange greetings this morning. Hola, como estas? (laughs) Nobody knew what to say there. That was pretty fun. I enjoyed that. Um, I'm bringing up, I started with Spanish because I don't know if you could tell by that, but I took three and a half years of Spanish in high school. Pretty (laughs) proud of that. More recently, I um, downloaded Duo and listened and did that for about a year. And that's all I know is hola como estas why why is that all i know why is it that i spent significant amount of time learning about spanish and that's all i know hola como estas i mean i barely get english let alone spanish the same could be said for me in guitar i've tried to learn the guitar several occasions i couldn't tell you a single chord right now i couldn't do that or carpentry. I've tried that. I haven't tried plumbing because that sounds terrible. Um, But learning isn't enough. Just head knowledge. Think of the years that I spent learning Spanish. Still, I don't remember any of it. Now, the opposite of that, let's go to a different side. Let's try driving. How many of you have come home from either a long trip or from work and you throw the keys on the table and you have no idea how you got there. Has that ever happened to you? You turn around and, I, how did I get here? I have no idea how I did that. Spanish, I spend years of my life, can't figure it out, driving, I, I don't even know how I got here. Hopefully, we're gonna learn about that today. Today, we're gonna learn uh, about some practices Uh, We're moving in the Sermon on the Mount to three specific practices. The first one is giving, and then we're going to talk about praying, and then we're going to talk about fasting. So today I will just do the introduction and then uh, talking about giving, and then we will um, talk about the remainder from there. So let's pray. Dear Jesus, I pray that you would be front and center this morning. I pray that Um, we would learn from your word. Lord, please send your Holy Spirit to unpack it in our minds. I pray that you would change us today through this and through practicing and through the relationships of the people around us, God. I pray um, for your great mercy, and may we walk away uh, more in love with you, Lord. In your name we pray, amen. Okay, we are going to start Matthew chapter 6, verse 1. If you want to turn to the scripture, we're going to go back and forth a little bit there. I will uh, read verse 1. Be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. So before we go into the three practices, this is the summary. This is the beginning. This is the start. And it says, be careful. The Bible says a lot uh, of things like this. Other translations say, take heed, beware, or watch out. These are all words of intentionality, of thoughtfulness, consideration, awareness. The scripture is full of them. Matthew sixteen six says, Jesus says, watch out and beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and Sadducees. He says it twice there. James 1 says, consider it pure joy, my brothers, when you face trials of many kinds thoughtful consideration, thinking about it. The Christian life is one of intentionality and thought. Be careful. Let's continue that verse. Be careful not to practice. We'll come back to the negative, the not, in here in just a moment. But let's consider the word practice. You're going to hear that term a lot at AGC. Um, because we want to practice and train ourselves and discipline ourselves. Let's say I told you today that I was gonna go run a marathon. Many of you would come and slap me on the back and say, oh, good for you, good job. What if I said I'm gonna run the marathon tomorrow? I think some of you would say, can I take you to the hospital now? (laughs) You'll be there shortly, why don't you just go now? Why? Because I didn't do any training. I didn't practice running. I don't do that very often because it's painful, terrible, Um, sorry. Um, What Physically, we get that. We get that I can't run a marathon today. We get that I can't run it tomorrow. It would take a lot of practice. It would take a lot of intention. It would take time to be able to do that. We get it physically, but do we get it spiritually? What does it tell us that we are careful not to practice in front of others? It says righteousness. Wait a minute. I thought righteousness was bestowed on us through the righteousness of Christ. That is unequivocally true. We are given the righteousness of Christ, period. We're saved by grace alone, just as Romans 3 tells us. But by God's grace, he doesn't just stay that way. He is moving in our hearts today. He's not just gonna save us someday. He's gonna save us and then sanctify us. We don't practice our righteousness to become righteous. We come from the righteousness of Christ and we practice it from there. That is what we do. We have to practice our righteousness. What about about the spiritual marathons? Can you think of those? Those. How will you handle it when someone persecutes you? Do you think in the moment that you're just going to be able to think your way through that and, I'll, oh, I'll handle that? Or do you practice that today? Do you read God's Word? Do you spend time with Him? What about dealing with loss? Oh, that's someday in the future. God will help me then. God wills what God wills. God's will... He gets to, that is his. But do we sometimes use that as an excuse? I'm not going to participate in my sanctification. I'm not going to do that because, well, God will take care of that. Is that what scripture says? What about um, facing death? We're all going to face that someday. Are you going to get to the end and be like, okay, God, I'm ready for you to prepare me for death. Or, Are you going to practice that time with God so that when you get to that point, you're just so excited to burst out of this body into our new body and fall at the feet of Jesus? In American culture, we like to think. We like to think about running a marathon. I could do that if I really wanted to. I I, I could do that. But do we do it? Do we practice? Do you spend time with Jesus, our Saviour? We are to practice our righteousness. First Timothy four, seven to ten says, But have nothing to do with pointless and silly myths, rather train yourself in godliness for the training of the body has limited benefit but godliness is beneficial in every way since it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come this is a saying that is trustworthy and deserves full acceptance for this reason we labor and strive because we have put our fo- our hope in the living god who is the savior of all people especially of those uh, who believe labor and strive Are we acting out of our righteousness? God alone saves us, but then he doesn't stop there. He keeps going. He changes us. Let's go back to the not in Matthew verse one. What are we not to do in Matthew verse one? Is it, are we not to practice our righteousness? No. Is it, are we not to practice our righteousness in front of others? Doesn't actually say that either. It says, We are not to practice our righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. Key phrase, to be seen by them. Jesus cares about our motive. He goes straight to our intention. Why? Why are we doing these things? Why are we practicing these things? God cares about that. And isn't it wonderful that he does? Parents, I'm going to ask you this question. When you ask your children to take out the garbage or to wash the dishes or do any of those things, and they go, oh, I don't want to do that, and they argue. And, but they do it. Is that obedience? Is that enough? Is that love? If we just obeyed without wanting to do any of those things, we would be robots. Yes, I will do this. Yes, I will do that. That sounds terrible. John 10.10 says that um, God came to give us life in abundance. He doesn't want to just be robots. He wants to transform us all the way, all the way down to the intention, the deepest parts of our hearts. That is what he wants to change. If we do these things to be seen by others, we're doing it for ourselves, really. We're giving, you could just picture it in the streets, right? I mean, this isn't a hard thing for, for them to grab. Well, let me, let me read on, sorry, I keep, go- I keep going. So whenever you give to the poor, don't sound a trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets to be applauded by people. Truly, I tell you, they have their reward. You could picture that, right? Somebody walking down the street, oh, you get some money. Oh, and you, you can have some money. I'll give you some money. All about them. All about looking good. All about having the money and the power that you bestow on other people. We are called to give with the right intention. Jesus assumes that we are going to give. You notice that in here? It says whenever you give. It's not like, hey, if you choose to, you want to. Every once in a while, think about it. Send them good thoughts. Pray for them. He does say pray for them, by the way. But it also means to act. He does that. He uses the exact same terminology for the next three practices. When you do this, then don't do it in front of others because then you will have a reward in heaven. He says the same exact thing. In this passage, he throws in the trumpets. Now, there is no actual evidence that they blew trumpets when they gave things. I think at least, at least Jesus is saying, hey, this is what's basically happening. You're basically shouting to the streets. You're playing a trumpet to, to do that. Some scholars have also said that um, where they would give their money would be in this like cone you know, like a horn-shaped thing made of metal. And can't you just hear that? Cha-ching, cha-ching every time someone gives. Some people toss it in, other people just throw it really hard so everybody hears it. Same type of thing. What are we giving for? Is it for ourselves? Do you want to look good when you serve? Jesus wants to transform all of that. He doesn't want to leave you with just the action. He wants to leave you a totally, completely transformed person all the way down to your motives. Jesus contrasts that with hypocrite. Hypocrite. In our culture, a hypocrite is a person that, um, that says one thing and does another. Right. That's the Popular understanding of hypocrite. In the Bible, it's actually a little bit different. Our definition is certainly not heavenly behavior, but it's not what Jesus is saying here. A hypocrite does the right action with the wrong motive. They were doing the right things, they were giving, giving tithing. In this case, it's specifically giving to the poor. They did both. The hypocrites, they did that, but they did it for the wrong reason. The wrong reason. Jesus says that that, you get that reward. You know, in, in the popular memes today, have you seen this where they take the cash and they just go like this, right? Have you seen that? It's in a song or something. Vanity. Complete vanity. All about looking good. Look at how much money I have. Look at how powerful I am. I'm so cool that I made all this money. You could give that way and you would get your reward. Your reward is just a little applause. Good job, you, although they say it, but even looking at that, somebody doing that, they'd even be like, okay, you're kinda disgusting. You're, that's gross. No one wants to be given that way. Given to that way. God goes straight to our hearts. All right, let's look at verse three. When you give to the poor, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Does anyone else read that and be like, I don't get it. That doesn't make sense. How is my left hand not gonna know what my right hand is doing? They're attached to the same body. That doesn't make any sense. Certainly, it talks. It's certainly about secrecy. Um, it's a metaphor. Jesus uses a similar metaphor in Matthew 5 where he says if your eye causes you to sin, gouge it out. It certainly is that. But, it, but here's the question. When is the one time you're able to do something without any awareness of you doing it? So, literally, your right hand can do something, and your left hand doesn't know what it's doing. When is the one time? It is possible, my wife knows this very well, because um, I chew gum with my mouth open all the time. Right? I do that. I also drink, and when I drink things, I make these disgusting mouth noises over and over and over again. My wife knows that. Do I intend to do that? No, I do not intend to revolt my wife. That's, that's terrible. I don't intend to do that, but why? Because I've just done it. I've just done it over and over and over. When I chew gum, I chew, my mouth, chew with my mouth open. I have no idea that I am doing that. Studies have shown that when you consciously do something over and over again, it becomes subconscious. How many basketball players do we have in the room? Okay, not many. (laughs) This is a terrible analogy. Next time I'll pick something different. Okay. Well, anyway, when you're shooting, when you're a child and you're shooting for the first time, you kind of just like throw the ball like that, right? It looks really ridiculous and it's actually kind of fun. But if you go to the pros, it looks so smooth. It's perfect, their hands are just like this. Do you think that they're thinking in the pros like, okay, dribble, dribble, pick up the ball, now I'm gonna put it in the right position and I'm gonna shoot like this. No, they don't do that. Why? Because they've done it a billion times. They know exactly what they're doing. When they, a a real good basketball player, you can tell, they dribble and then when they get ready to shoot, they actually can rotate the ball without thinking, without any knowledge so that their fingers are on the seams in the perfect way so that they can shoot and the ball will rotate exactly the same, the right way. Perfect. Good basketball players are doing, they're not thinking about that. Literally, their left hand has no idea what their right hand is doing. Isn't that amazing? Isn't it amazing how God created us to be able to do that? We have no memory. We can, we can do things so many times that then when you do it in a game or something, you don't have any thought about it. You're thinking about other things. God is calling us to that type of righteousness as we go through these examples. Giving. Wouldn't it be amazing if when we gave, our left hand didn't know what our right hand was doing? We give so openly, oh yeah, sure, I'll I'll give to that. I'll give to you. Uh, you, you need something? Do You want to go grab lunch? I'll go do that. Now, I know that there's some constraints on those types of things. Think about finances as an example. What about giving of your time? Oh, you need help? I'll be there. I'll be there. What if that's just the natural way that we as believers act? What would the world think if brothers and sisters, if the one thing we were known for was our The way our righteousness is just such this humble, this this doing, we practice giving, we pray every time something comes up. Can I pray for you about that? It's just natural. It just happens. Wouldn't that be amazing? What kind of a testimony would that be for our world if it came so natural? And how does it become natural? It doesn't by thinking. It's not by Spanish. It's not just learning for years and years. How many years have you spent in the church? Do we just listen? Is that what we're doing? We just sit and listen and listen and listen? Is that somehow radically changing the way that you are perceived in the world or the way that you are acting out your righteousness? We have to practice. That... It's full. It's all over the Bible. Training yourself. Consider this. Think it through. It says be careful. Think about how you are practicing your righteousness. Let's carry on in verse 4. So that your giving may be in secret and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Secrets. All right, so we're gonna talk about secrets now. In order to do that, I would like everyone to stand up and tell us your deepest, darkest secrets. That'd be great, huh? No No one did that, right? We look at secrets in three very distinct ways. The first way you think about secrets is a malicious way to keep information from someone else. Think junior high, right? Oh, I know this about that person. Ooh, I'm going to hold that over, over their head. Is that what God's saying about secrets here? Holding something over their head? No, obviously not. The second is something you're ashamed of. When I w- said, hey, stand up and share your secrets, how many of you had a little panic attack, right? I don't want to share things. I have shame. I have things in my past. I don't think that's what God is talking about here either. We can work on that in a different sermon, by the way. A secret, the third type of secret, is the sharing of one's soul, right? Somebody, you have a best friend, you have a spouse, someone that you share absolutely everything with. No one else knows, no one else has that information. It's unparalleled closeness, a secret club. In this case, God says, when giving to the poor, basically don't tell anyone, it's between you and I. It doesn't really spend that much time talking about the poor. It talks more about God and you. It blows my mind. When we give to the poor, the passage tells us it's a secret between God and ourselves. It's just between us. Just between the two of us. It's not saying you can't do it in front of other people, but in reality, it's just between you and God. Isn't that crazy? I mean, he knows the other secrets, the deep, dark ones, the ones you don't wanna talk about, and yet he wants to have that type of a relationship with you, one where he's the one whispering encouragement in your ear. Oh, you handled that so great. Thanks for giving. That's awesome. I can't believe you sacrificed that. God wants to be the one whispering that in your ear. He wants to be the one saying, well done, good and faithful servant. You're doing exactly what I tell you. Ah, oh, I'm so excited and so thankful that you're doing that. The God of our, the universe. You know, most religions, look at those, look at giving, Prayer and fasting, just those three practices. Every religion in the world does that, right? Pretty much. Some form of like, oh, you better give, oh, you need to pray, you need to fast, you need to do these things, there's often other things. It's three of the top five in Islam. But none of them, none of them go to that depth of intimate relationship with our Savior. None of them go and say, oh, it's just between you and I. It's just us. I love you so much. I'm so excited you're doing that. None of them. Do you get how rare that is? The God of the universe created the whole world, then came here, suffered miserably, To be killed in the worst imaginable way. He's the one that wants to meet with each of us individually and have secrets with just you, with just me. If we actually took that to heart, and we actually thought and believed and practiced that, you do something great, you run home because you can't wait to tell Jesus about it. Not that you couldn't tell him right at the time. But wouldn't that be amazing? If your first reaction is, oh, I can't wait to just share and spend some time with Jesus about that. Did you see me, Lord? Did you see me? I gave for you. Literally, when we're giving, we're giving to Jesus. It talks about that, right? When he's he's separating the sheep and the goats, when you gave a cup of water here, when you gave food here, you did it for me. It really is a secret between you and God. The world wants to get practices and these things and they say, well, that's just because you're serving this really far off God, somebody that's way up there that's ready to drop the hammer when you do something wrong. That's so not true. Think of all of what Jesus does for you and what he has done for you. How personal he wants it. He doesn't want to be that far off. He wants to be whispering in your ear the secrets. All right, we're going to close here in review. God calls us to practice our righteousness. Practice. Practice. When's the last time you thought about that? He calls us to give to the poor for the right reasons not to look good. And he calls us to mind-blowing intimacy with him, a closeness that is unsurpassed by any, any of our relationships here. It's to be closer than that. We're going to pull up these three questions. Um, I'm going to pray. I'd like you to spend some time thinking about these. Let the Holy Spirit do what He does in your hearts and minds. And then let's actually go and practice that. It might be awkward at first throwing a basketball in a really terrible way just trying to get it to the hoop. But man, over time, you get closer and closer to Jesus, the secrets become more and more intimate between you and God. So let's spend this time Letting the Holy Spirit convict you and sit in repentance. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, Your Word is amazing. We just covered four verses. That's pretty small. And yet, it's so profound. It's so personal. It's so intimate. It's so wise. The world has nothing to compare to this. We cannot find joy and peace and love anywhere else i thank you lord that you did not make us to be robots that just did what you tell us to but you are going to go all the way to separate bone from the marrow lord you are going to change us all the way and you could do that now lord i pray that you would convict us you would help us and you would change us so that that would be true of us lord